So if you need a copy of sermon notes, if you would just raise your hand. Edward's passing those out right now. I think we also have those on our uh, website this morning. If you go to tlmv.org, you can get uh, the uh, online copy. So uh, this morning, I want to just begin, let's just begin in prayer. Uh, wanna, we're, we're missing uh, Jordan and Josh this weekend or over in Dallas uh, at a worship conference, and Carla did a great job this morning. Let's just give her a hand. Good job, Carla. Join me in prayer. I want to pray for, you know, the, these families once again. You know, it just seems like we're talking about this way too often. Um, but the families in Midland, uh, those that lost loved ones and those that have injured loved ones, we want to lift them up this morning. Father, we want to just thank you for your goodness, your kindness to each of us. We pray, God, your hand of protection to be over us, that you would, as your word says, deliver us from evil and all manner of sin and temptation of sin. Lord, this morning, we, uh, our hearts go out to those in Midland, uh, those that have woken up this morning to the loss of a loved one or someone that is in the hospital that is recovering from this, uh, just such a tragic, evil event. Father, um, we pray, God, that your kingdom would come, that your will would be done. Father, we pray that you would drive out just this sin and this wickedness and this evil that surrounds us, Lord. God, we, we long for your kingdom. Our hearts say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, Father, in this place as it is in heaven. We ask these things in Jesus' name. And God's people said, amen, amen. So uh, I, mean, I just need to deviate just a little bit this morning uh, before we get into it. This is, a, we've been, if you're new to the light, we've been in a seven-week series on the Lord's Prayer, and we uh, wrap that up this morning uh, with the uh, final uh, verse in that, uh, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, uh, but, I, 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 you know, this just kind of came to me in light of what just recently happened. In June 25th, 1962, uh, the Bible prayer, the Bible, the Ten Commandments, all of that was just removed from the public school system. Uh, Supreme Court ruled that, you know, that we, didn't, we shouldn't do that anymore. This is actually the testimony of a teacher, a school, public school teacher, and uh, she said that beginning, you know, in that year and for the following 18 years, the SAT scores dropped dramatically uh, until the 1980s when Christian schools opened, and um, that kind of balanced out so you didn't see the drop in, uh, in the SAT. But then, even though they continued to go down somewhat, the score, the standards were lessened. You know, they were less rigorous. They were less difficult. It was easier to pass. And so that the, the test that you would take today does not look anything like the test that you would have taken prior to 1962. Um, but she goes on to say that other things that kind of like filtered in, and she attributes this to the Bible, the Word of God, and um, the Ten Commandments being removed from the public school. And I'm going to just tell you that, you know, we saw this in El Paso a couple of weeks ago, Ohio after that, now in Midland, and just on and on again, the list just goes on. That is because there's evil in this world. There's evil 
And we're going to be talking about that in just a moment. But there are two kingdoms. The Bible says that there are two kingdoms in this world. There's the kingdom of God, and there's a kingdom of Satan. There's a kingdom of light, and there's a kingdom of darkness. And whether you know it or not, that this morning you were in one of those kingdoms. Now, you had to volunteer. You, you, you had to just make it a choice upon your own. The Bible says that when you were born, you were born an enemy of God because of sin. And when you recognize that, it's, this is what's called being born again, and you say, God, I don't like my life. I don't like the way that I'm living. I don't like the things that I'm doing or I'm saying or I'm thinking or I don't like the thoughts that are coming out of my heart and I need Jesus in my life, then you're moving yourself from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. And God has the ability to help you make that transition, and once you get there, he has the ability to fill you with his Holy Spirit so you can live the kind of life, that kind of victorious life, free from all of the things that, that tend to hold us back. But listen to what uh, this lady says. Um, she says that using the Ten Commandments, you shall have no other God before me. Church attendance has continued to decline. People are into horoscopes, witchcraft, zombies, communicating with the dead. Atheism is rising, and people choose sports or extracurricular activities over church events. The Second Commandment, you shall not make any uh, idols. Sports figures, movie stars, mu musicians, rich people are held in more esteem than God. Illegal drug use is up 6,000%. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Foul language is allowed on TV, radio, movies. Youth embrace swearing in music and daily speaking because they were not taught to honor God. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, the fourth commandment. Businesses are open on Sunday to make a profit. People choose work over attending church. Sporting events, movies, and other activities take, the pe take people away from their homes, and they can't rest. Honor your mother and your father. Home does not respect mothers and fathers. The divorce rate has skyrocketed. Many women choose to raise their, raise their children without a father. Blended families struggle to unify. Same-sex families, transgender families are on the rise and more elderly parents are forgotten. Child abuse has increased 2,300% in that time period. I, you know, I want to just, I'll just stop right there. It just goes on and on. If you're interested in the link, I can give that to you, uh, you know, later on. Um, but as I mentioned, we are in the final segment of the Lord's Prayer. By the way, you know, my grandson and I, we're always playing games, you know, and I, he, he, wants, he likes to do I Spy. And, uh, you know, we do that in the car. But then we switch to riddles. And uh, I got a couple of riddles for you this morning. I have four legs, one head, and a foot. What am I? Come on. Now, you can't, don't say the answer back there. A bed. A bed, okay? Four legs, a head, and a foot. All right, here's one right here. It's got a little biblical flavor to it. I have a mouth, and I cannot speak. I have eyes, and I cannot see. I have ears, and I cannot hear, and a nose, and I cannot smell. I have hands, and I cannot feel, and I have feet, and I cannot walk. What am I? What'd she say? 
I didn't hear a human being. <laughs> Close. All right, guys, it's, the answer is in Psalm 115. Somebody want to take a quick look and look it up? Tell us what it is. Come on. Who's fast? I have a mouth and I cannot speak. I have eyes and I cannot see. I have ears and I cannot hear. A nose and I cannot smell. I have hands and I cannot feel. I have feet and I cannot walk. What am I? An idol. There you go. All right. These are good games to play with your kids. It teaches them the Word of God as well. All right. So let's get to our scripture. Uh, I hope we have this memorized by now. Uh, the Our Father, what we call the Our Father. Come on, let's say it with great enthusiasm. This is the last day today. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, or forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Did we leave out a verse? Yes, we did. Back up. Give us this day our daily bread. I'm just checking you guys. <laughs> Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. All right. Hallelujah. So, you know what? This same prayer is um, listed. It's only twice in the Bible in Matthew chapter 6, which we just read. And in Luke chapter 11, and it's interesting to note, I think I have it in Luke chapter 11, do we? So look at the prayer in Luke chapter 11. This is the whole prayer. This is, you know, it's different from what Matthew says. He said unto them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive everyone who sins against us and lead us not into temptation. That's the whole prayer. And so... Where did this, thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever come? Where did that come from? You know, the early church, about 100 years after the early church, this was added into the Bible. And it comes from, and many people believe, many, many theologians believe that Jesus used this phrase. But listen to this. This is from 1 Chronicles. This is the prayer of David. When he's gathering money to dedicate the temple and to build the temple, and he says, listen to this, and just tell me if it doesn't sound familiar. And this is in 1 Chronicles 29. He says, praise be to you, Lord, the God of our father Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor. Doesn't that kind of fit? It kind of fits with Matthew chapter 6. For everything in heaven is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom, and you are exalted as head over all. Wealth and honor come from you. You are the ruler of all things. In your hand are strength and power to exalt, to give strength to all. And now, our God, we give you thanks and praise your glorious name. And so, based on that, that portion right there, that last portion, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory was added to the scripture. So I want, I've got three points that I want to just share with us this morning, and I'm going to talk about thine is the kingdom, thine is the power, and thine is the glory. And we'll begin with thine is the kingdom. As I mentioned earlier, there are two kingdoms in this world today, and you belong to one of those. But one of those kingdoms is more powerful than the other. One is inferior. One will have the last word. One of those kingdoms is going to have the very last word. 
One is everlasting. There's an everlasting kingdom, and one is a temporal kingdom that will be destroyed. One is full of light, and the other is full of darkness. And God is calling you this morning. If you're not in the kingdom of light, He's calling you to the kingdom of light. He's calling you. And just as Jesus went about some 2,000 years ago, He began His ministry by saying, Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And that simply means there's an invitation to you to come in to God's kingdom. The invitation is open. All are welcome. Everyone is welcome to come in. And it simply means, repentance simply means, you know, to change your mind, to stop thinking that you know better than God. You know, I thought that way for some 20-some-odd years of my life. I believed that I knew better than God, that I thought my way was better than God, and that I wanted to do things that were contrary to His Word, and that God's Holy Spirit began to convict me, and that's what the Word of God says about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will convict of sin and righteousness and judgment. Then the Holy Spirit began to convict me of the sin in my life and the iniquity and the transgression in my life. And I began to become uncomfortable because of God's conviction in my life. And He made me so uncomfortable that I came to a place where I was willing to surrender my life to Jesus. I believe that he's speaking to some of you this morning that way as well. So let me give you a couple of examples of this. This is the great apostle Paul and, uh, from the book of Acts. And in Acts chapter 26, Paul is he's sharing his story. Guys, I'm going to just tell you that the greatest thing that you can share with other people, you may not feel like you're a great Bible student. You may feel like you don't really know the Word of God. And maybe you don't, but... You have a story to tell. If you've been saved, you've got a story to tell about what God has done in your life. And no one can argue that. No one can refute that. I mean, people that, you know, look at my life, and I go back and see my friends even today, and they say, I remember you when you used to do this, 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 and this. I remember you when you used to do all of these things, and there's something different about you today. That's my story. My story is that I, was, I didn't change on my own. Jesus came into my life, and the power of God came into my life. Paul says in the book of Romans chapter 1, one of my favorite verses in the Bible, he says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. And that's my story. I can say this is the way I used to be, but God showed up, and God changed my life. Nina was talking about that earlier, that every town and every village that Jesus went to, he went from town to town, village to village, and he began to preach the kingdom, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. And on his way, there were those that would be healed. Blind men and women would receive their sight. Lame men and women would be healed, and they could, you know, they could leap, and they could run, and they could walk, and they could dance, and they could praise God. And uh, those that had leprosy were cleansed, and they could testify, look what God has done to me. Look what God has done to me. Look what God has done to me. Open my ears. Look what God has done to me. But see, you know, we're not seeing miracles like that today, but we're seeing a miracle, a transformation in an individual's heart where you have a drug addict or an alcoholic or those that have been bondage to pornography all of their lives or some kind of sin or hatred or unforgiveness, and God has just come in and showed up and just changed my heart. And I can say, look at me. Look what God has done in my life. You have that same story. You have that same testimony. Come on, that's worth a shout of praise to God. 
And so in Acts chapter 26, Paul is telling his story. This is his story. And he says that I heard a voice. This is the day that he was saved. He said, I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It's hard for you to kick against the goads. And I asked him, Paul, I'm hearing this voice. I'm hearing this voice. Don't know where it's coming from. and, And I don't even know who's speaking. So I said, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you're persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and what you uh, will see of me. And I will rescue you from your own people. I'll deliver you from the Jews, is what he's saying, and also from the Gentiles. Now listen to this. He says, I'm sending you to them. Remember those two kingdoms? to open their eyes and turn them from light, from darkness to light, and from the power, the dominion, the control, the authority of Satan. I'm getting you out of that kingdom of darkness, and I'm bringing you into the kingdom of light so that they may uh, receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So what he's saying, he's saying, I'm taking you out of this kingdom of darkness, and I'm placing you into this kingdom of light. Jesus said he's giving an illustration of these two kingdoms, and he says that when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all his angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne, and all the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate people from one another as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. And he will put the sheep on his right hand and the goats on the left. And then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed of my father, take your inheritance in the kingdom. Take your inheritance in the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. I'm taking you, and these are the ones that are in my kingdom. And then he goes on to say that I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me, and I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And then they just replied, Lord, when did we ever see you like that? I mean, we never even saw you, Jesus. You know, how can you say that about us? And he says that, you know, when you did that to the least of these people, when you did it to the least of these, the poorest of the poor, those that are in the street, the prostitutes, the drug addicts, those that are just, you know, given over to wine and, and drunk. He said, when you did it to them, when you reached out to them, you reached out to me. But then he says to those on the other side, on the left, he says, depart from me into another kingdom. Get out of this kingdom. You're going into another kingdom. You who are cursed into eternal fire. Notice who it, where they're going into this place that wasn't prepared for mankind. It wasn't prepared for sinners. It was prepared for the devil and his angels. But those that choose to reject God and follow the devil and his angels will follow him right into this place called the lake of fire. And then he says that, um, this is in Colossians chapter 1, he says, we pray also that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power. We're talking about the power Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. All of those are mentioned right here. Those of you that are strengthened by his glorious power so that you will have an endurance and patience that you need, may you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. He has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness 
and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who he purchased, who purchased our freedom with his blood, I might add, and forgave our sins. God's speaking to some of you this morning. And then, once again, referring, it's not just a New Testament thing. It says Daniel, remember Daniel having this, uh, you know, interpreting the king for Neb- uh, interpreting the vision or, and the dream for King Nebuchadnezzar. And he's giving this interpretation, and he says, he talks about, you know, there's going to be four kingdoms that arise, one with the, the kingdom of gold, which was Nebuchadnezzar, another one with, the king, or with a breastplate of silver, um, loins of bronze, and then the iron and the clay. And then he says in the vision that he saw, he saw a rock, that, this golden statue that, was, uh, that he, the king saw in his vision. He saw a, a rock that was carved out of a mountain, not with a man's hand, and he saw that rock being hurled that hit this king, kind of like, you know, the David and, and Goliath story, hit the, 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 this, this statue on the forehead, and it just destroyed all of these kingdoms, the gold and the silver and the bronze and the iron and the clay, destroyed them all. And then Dan, Daniel's giving this interpretation. He says, what you saw is another kingdom that was coming. He says, and in those times, king, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush those other kingdoms and bring them to an end. But it, this kingdom, God's kingdom, will endure forever. Then we move to this next point that we see in in Matthew chapter 6. Thine is the power. I mean, we understand. We can understand the kingdom of God. I believe that we can understand some degree the power of God. Let's look at it just a little bit more. What does it mean when we talk about the power of God? He says in uh, 2 Chronicles, remember when Jehoshaphat, a word came to him and says, you know what? I, we, we, have, we, we have watchmen on the wall, and the watchmen have said, there are three armies coming against you, and any one of those three armies would be able to defeat you by themselves, but three of them are coming. They're coming. These three armies are coming, and so Jehoshaphat, he's terrified. What are we going to do? A prophet comes in and begins to say, quiet, be quiet, be still, Don't, not to worry. God's going to do something. God's going to show up. And then he says in 2 Chronicles chapter 6, Lord, the God of our ancestors, are you not the God in heaven? You rule over kingdoms and nation, and power and might are in your hand so that no one can stop you. I don't care how great the enemy attack is in your life. The Bible says that the enemy cannot stop you. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church of God. He cannot stop you. He has given you authority and power so that the enemy cannot harm you. Then in Acts chapter 10, we see, uh, you know, that Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And then we see that not only do we see God having power and we see Jesus having power? You need to understand that God has given you power. In Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19, he says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe, power for those who believe. This is the same mighty power. You want to know how great this power is? You got a little bit of power? You feel like you got just a little bit of power? Well, he says, I'm going to show you how great the power is. He says, 
It's the same mighty power that raised up Jesus from the dead. He's saying, I have given you that kind of power, the power that raised up Jesus from the dead. He said, and placed him at a seat of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realm. Then Isaiah says, again, just confirming, not only does God have power, not only does Jesus have power, but he gives power to you and I. He says he gives strength to the weary and to him who lacks might. He increases power. Are you lacking power today? Just simply ask. That's the power to heal. That's the power to save. That's the power to break bondage and to deliver bondage from sin and addiction in every circumstance. It's the power to forgive sin. And it's the power over hell and Satan that God has given you and I. That's worth shouting about, you guys. I'm going to just tell you, that is something that you can shout about. And then finally, he says, thine is the glory. As I mentioned earlier, you know, we talk about thine is the kingdom. We understand what the kingdom is. Thine is the power. We understand what the power is. But this one is a little tough when we talk about thine is the glory. What is the glory? When we talk about the glory of God, you know, I mean, it's just like one of those words that we use a lot, but really, I mean, it's just kind of hard to nail down. It's kind of like, have you ever heard the expression trying to nail jello to the wall? This is kind of what this is like. It's kind of, kind of hard to nail this one down. And I like what John Piper says. He was talking about, you know, he uses this illustration. He says, if I were to ask you about basketball, you could probably tell me about basketball. You know, he says that, you know, you would describe it. You know, it's a ball and, you know, you, you know you, uh, it's round. It's about, you know, nine or ten inches in diameter. And you fill it up with air, it bounces, and you have a hoop or a, a basket on each end and, you know, you bounce the ball, you dribble it down, you throw it in. You know, you can, you can, we, can, we can describe basketball. But he says then, you know, when we try to describe, say, beauty, you know, when you try to describe beauty, I mean, basketball is a lot easier to describe than beauty is, isn't it? And when we think about beauty, just, you know, what is it? What is it? You know, we heard the expression that beauty's in the eyes of the beholder, but it's just a little more difficult to describe beauty. Glory is the same way. The glory of God, it's the same way. Um, and let me just share some scriptures with you about it. And we'll try to, I mean, I don't even know if I can. I mean, it's just a difficult word. And I think what it is, when we talk about the beauty of God, we talk about all of the, or, or the glory of God, we talk about all the attributes of God. I mean, his mercy, his kindness, his love, his gentleness, you know, the, the, the glory of his radiance, you know. Let me just share the, the scripture with you. And Moses said, I pray that you would let me see you in all of your glory. And the Lord answered, all right, I am the Lord. I will show you mercy and kindness. I will show mercy and kindness to anyone I choose. I will let you see my glory and hear my holy name, but I won't let you see my face because anyone who sees my face will die. And so he's saying that, you know, I can't show you all of me because it would be harmful to you. But you guys remember that when Moses went up on the mountain and he got the Ten Commandments and he came down, even the people could not look Moses in the face because he had to put a veil over his face because he had seen the glory of God. And, and it was just like terrifying to the people. You know, they, they, they couldn't look into his face. In Second uh, Corinthians, it says that in their, in their case, the God of this world, that's speaking about Satan, the God of this world has blinded their minds to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory 
of Christ, who is the image of God. Well, he's simply saying that Satan has prevented men and women from seeing the real glory of God in the light of the gospel. And then we see in uh, Isaiah chapter 6, it says that in the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. And as I mentioned, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but Isaiah or uh, Uzziah was a righteous king. He was a godly man. And Isaiah was just like, man, we have lost one of the greatest kings around. I mean, we've lost him. He's died. And what will become of the nation now? And what he sees in this vision, God is saying, yes, you lost a righteous man, but I am still on the throne. I am still on the throne, and I'm going to just say that to you. I don't care what you've lost, what you've gone through, not that I don't care, not that I'm not concerned, but I'm speaking from the perspective that God will not leave you where you are. Whatever situation you're in, whatever circumstance you find yourself in today, whether it's finances or health or, you know, just whatever it is in relationship or at job, God will not leave you in that position because he is still on the throne. He is still on the throne, and his throne is unshakable. That's something you can shout about, I'm telling you. So he's saying, he says in the year that King, anybody in here getting excited besides me? Come on, come on, people, come on. He said, in the year that King Uzziah died, he says, I saw the Lord high and exalted, seated on the throne, and the train of his robe filled the temple. And above him was seraphim, these are like angels, each with six wings, uh, with two wings, they covered their faces because I believe that they could not look into the face of God either. And two, they covered their feet, and with two, they were flying. And they were calling out to one another, listen to this, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled. And you would think based on what he just said, he would say that the whole earth is filled with his holiness. But he doesn't say that. He says the whole earth is filled with his glory. The whole earth is filled with the glory of God. The Bible says that the heavens declare the glory of God. How do they do that? How do the heavens, have you heard the heavens? Have you heard the heavens speak? Have you heard the heavens speak about the glory of God? I haven't. But I tell you what, when I walk out, women just did this last night, called Worship Under the Stars. You look up into the heavens and you see galaxies and constellations and brilliant stars and planets and all of these just amazing things. And they're shouting, they're radiating. The heavens are declaring the glory of God. It just didn't happen. It wasn't just a big bang. And if it was just a big bang, I can tell you who the big banger was. That would have been God. That's God himself, God Almighty. All right, and so then we see in First um, John, it says, and the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us, and we have seen his glory. We have seen his glory, the glory of God. Remember, Philip said, Lord, show us the Father. And Jesus said, Philip, have I been with you for such a long time, and you don't know the Father? He says, if you've looked at me, those that have seen me have seen the Father. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. You know, um, in, uh, I think it was 1685 to 1750 was the lifespan of uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, great composer, and... Um, 
I've, I don't know. Do I have that? Did I put that on the screen? I don't think I did. But um, he would start, every, every work that he would start before he scribbled anything on the paper, he would write in the upper right-hand corner, J.J. Yesu Yuva. Lord, help, or Jesus, help me. Jesus, help me. And at the bottom, he would usually write um, his initials, uh, J.S.B., but next to his initials, at the bottom of the page, upper right-hand corner, J.J., Lord, help me. At the bottom, he would write uh, J.S.B., it was Latin for Soli Deo Glorious, SDJ, I'm sorry, Solo Deo Glorious, for God's glory alone. This great man of God. Well, and they said that whether he was working on a court paper or any type of document, he would write JJ right at the top, Lord, help me. And then at the bottom, for God's glory alone, for God's glory alone. Let me just wrap this up, guys, with uh, just a couple of thoughts. In um, Matthew chapter 13, Jesus tells the par- parable. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. And though it was the smallest of seeds, yet when it is grown, it is the largest of the garden plants and becomes a tree so that so that, listen, listen to this, etch this in your heart and in your mind. He's talking about a seed that becomes a plant, becomes a tree, so that, why does it become a tree? Here's the purpose of that mustard seed, so that the birds of the air will come and perch in its branches. This mustard seed was made into a tree so that the birds of the air would come and perch in its branches. And then in John chapter 11, you guys remember the story of of, uh, Lazarus dying, and Jesus is away, and they were away for four days. And Jesus is telling his disciples, they got word that Lazarus is uh, is dead. And uh, so in uh, chapter 11 of John, starting in verse 14, he says, so he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and for your sake, I am glad that I was not there, listen, here we go again, so that, so that you might believe, but let us go to him. And then in John chapter 9, just a few chapters earlier, it's the first time recorded in the Gospel of John about Jesus healing a blind man. And it says that he went along and he saw a man blind from birth, and his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Why was this man born? Why, why is this man? Why was he born like this, and why was he born? And Jesus says, neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that, so that the work of God might be bes- displayed in him. So I'm going to ask you a question. Why were you born? Why were you born? Why were you born? 
You want me to tell you? Sow that. Sow that. The Bible says that thine is the kingdom. God is calling you to enter into the kingdom. Thine is the power. We can receive his power. And thine is the glory. God wants you to receive him so that, so that you can manifest, that you can represent, that you can radiate and you can display the very glory of God so that not only your life has changed, but those out there that are looking at you and remembering how you used to be so that, that you are a testimony to them as well. Amen. Come on, let's just stand up and give God a shout. Come on, come on, let's stand up. I want to pray for you. This is our last church picnic. If some of you need prayer, if God's been speaking to you, we'll have some of our leadership up here to pray with you if you need some one-on-one -on -one prayer this morning. But I'm going to pray over the food. We're going to enjoy ourselves. We're going to join the company of one another. Um, just join me in prayer. Father, we bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Father, that your word says that for this purpose was the Son of God manifest. This is why Jesus came, to destroy the works of the devil. Father, we ask you for those of us that are not believers this morning, those, if anyone's here that's not a, a believer, we ask that today would be the day of salvation, that each heart that's crying out for you, God, that you would hear the cry of their heart. God, that you would show up, that you would come in strong, that you would break the power of evil and sin and darkness. God, that you would move us from one kingdom, the kingdom of darkness, into the kingdom of light this morning. God, that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit so that we might represent you in a good way, that we would be filled with your life and light and joy, and that we would be good ambassadors for your son, Jesus, in a lost and hurting, in a dark and dying world. We ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Father, we pray your blessing on the food. We want to thank you for all of those that prepared it. And uh, God, we just want to rejoice in you and with one another. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just lift up a shout of praise to our God. All right, you guys are in for a real treat. This is the Sebesta picnic Sunday. You're going to enjoy some real Sebesta chili and red chili and green chili. God bless you guys. We love you.